Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello and welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast. I am your host, Mark Seavey, uh, reporting live from the Rachel Ray Balsamic Drizzle House of Recording. I don't know, can we get her as a sponsor? I, we really need to work on that. Or a guest. But I, as a guest, yeah, I mean, that'd be fine too, as long as she brings more free drizzle. Either way, uh, we've got a very special guest today, Marlon Smith, a very engaging uh, young man. Uh, Marlon's going to share his story how, as a U.S. immigrant, he came here from Canada and then he uh, served in the military. His, his parents were from Canada and he never pursued citizenship after moving to the U.S. at age six until after 9-11 when he decided that he wanted to be a U.S. citizen. And then in 2002, he began his journey. He became a U.S. citizen in 2003. And within just a few weeks, was talking to military recruiters and enlisted in the U.S. Air National Guard, where he served as a firefighter. And then in 2008, he served as a medic. He later served in, as a Coast Guard officer and is now back in the Air Force Reserves as a logistics officer. And he's thankful every day for the opportunity he's had to continue to serve. Um, his family taught him how to be successful and the military provided him a direction to focus his dedication. He became a member of American Legion Post 184 in Georgia after his deployment in 2011, and he'll talk about that briefly. And he's currently serving in England and Oxford, and you'll get to hear about that as well. So hope you enjoy our interview with Marlon Smith, and here he is. And now we are joined by Marlon Smith. Marlon, thank you very much uh, for taking time out of your day to join us. Uh, we appreciate you being here, and welcome to the show. See you. Thanks for having me. All right, Ashley, you are up first. All right. So, you know, I know we, we just did a little bit of, you know, about your background in their intro, but, you know, Marlon, I'm really interested, you know, you, after 9-11, after you decided that you wanted to pursue U.S. citizenship, and I kind of wanted you to walk us through a little bit of that journey and, like, what really, like, inspired you, and then, you know, you found yourself in a recruiting station, you know, not not so long after that, and then you continue and you know became a service I, member so tell great, me a little great. bit about oh yeah. go on no great question um okay. i'm gonna make sure my buds in um so i think all of us have been impacted by 9-11 in different ways um but it was for me a moment of reflection so my parents never became citizens um i came over when i was six from vancouver and um and they just they didn't pursue it for themselves um and i I was, you know, 18, 19, and obviously 9-11 um, happened. And, and I think for me, you have, at least the way I processed it was, you know, what am I doing with my life? Um, and I didn't really feel like I was contributing on a level I wanted to contribute to. And also being in this country since I was six, it was kind of like this moment of, all right, you know, where am I? So I had started the citizenship process. I'd been a, a legal alien uh, since I was six, uh, going through that process, going to Los Angeles and renewing my, you know, my green card every so many years. Um, but for me, it was like this powerful feeling like, all right, I'm here. 
I'm, I'm getting to enjoy all the benefits, the freedoms uh, of this country, my friends, my fan, the family that I had that was in the States. Um, so for me, it was, it was just powerful. So in 2003, uh, after some time of pursuing it, uh, since 9-11, it finally happened. I got the call, hey, you're going to the federal building in Atlanta. Uh, at the time, I was living in Savannah, in Savannah, Georgia. So I went up, you know, got a hotel room, and it was powerful. I, I, I walked in there, and there was 25 other folks from 25 different countries. And it just hits you, like everyone in this room is coming from somewhere else. And you're seeing them, just the emotion, all these feelings, you're taking your citizenship test. Uh, you're, you're talking about your state at the time. And it was just, it was really powerful for me. So it was like, okay, I, I left that. And I was just like, uh, I say patriotism high, but I just really felt pumped. And I felt like, wow, this is, and, and talking to a few of the other folks coming from different, different countries, um, what their journey was, why they decided to become a citizen. And it just felt like this was, kind of leading up, leading up, uh, leading me to this moment. Um, so I'm in Savannah and um, I'm moving into an apartment. And this is part of the story too. So this gentleman comes up to me, says, my name's Will. Um, do you need help? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And we start talking. We're still friends today. Uh, he retired as a Sergeant Major, Will McVeigh. And that I, I was just, it was like all these things. So there's the, there's the becoming a citizen, moving into this apartment, being surrounded. Savannah's, you know, got uh, 75th Ranger Battalion. It, it, it's, you, ha you have a lot of folks that serve. So I came back from Atlanta and it was like, you know, I, I really want to, um, can, I, I really want to serve and I really want to, I say, give back to a country that's given me so much. So that, that was a big feeling for me. Um, and watching, you know, kids my age, you know, 19, 20, go over and I felt like, well, this is, you know, this is, I don't know how to put it. It just felt like, yeah, I guess how folks felt in Pearl Harbor and, and, and you wanted to, you wanted to contribute to the fight. So I just, all right, I, I started the recruiting process, you know, started looking at the army initially. Um, you know, folks were talking about infantry and bonuses and I was like, ah, I appreciate it. <laughs> and then I met with someone who talked to me about, uh, you know, the fire service. And it was like, all right, I felt like I wanted, my feeling was going to help. Like that was my calling. I wanted to, you know, whether it was medic or fire, but that the moment they said fire apprentice, um, I was just like, that's it. And uh, anyways, so little, you know, a little short story on long story and, and being the son and grandson of immigrants. So I said Canada, but that start, that story actually starts in Portugal um, when my mother came over uh, when she was four. So there's just this feeling of us coming, whether her coming to Canada and then me coming to the States and just feeling like, wow, this is what a journey. And um, yeah, and, and that feeling of wanting to give back. That's powerful. You know, you just, you're talking about three generations of, of immigration and the journey to citizenship and then the ultimate form of citizenship, which is giving back to, you know, the country that, like you said, has all these benefits, all these perks yeah. and um, I feel like it, it's very serendipitous when you're in the right place at the right time. Right. So. Yeah, it's a great point. All right, Jeffrey, you're up. All right. Um, I started out being really disappointed in you because um, I, re I read all these branches and none of them were my 
beloved Marine Corps. Then I realized that you were wanted to be a firefighter and a medic. And I thought to myself, Marines only cause the need for firefighters and medics. Therefore, we wouldn't have had uh, anything that would have appealed to you. And that's so when you're on I'm, liberty, which makes it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give you a pass on that one. What I'm not going to give you a pass on is this Canada thing. Because I'm from Michigan, which we call tropical Canada, by the way. That's where you guys go to spring break, and then we keep going south to Florida. Uh, right. So I don't know if you've seen there's a there's a there's a docu series on Netflix about immigration, uh, right. and one of them was about uh, mili military people. Because you're given this promise that if you come here right. and you serve, you have this clear path to citizenship, but I, I, I don't think it's that easy. And I don't think that uh, they give you clear instructions like as you're separating. And if you miss that and you separate before you start it, I, from what I gathered from the docuseries, because everything on Netflix is true. But so I, I wanna kind of hear it from, from you for like, it, what, is that pro what is that paperwork process like uh, and getting that promised citizenship from serving? Well, I didn't, it's just, it's just to be clear. So I became a citizen before I joined. So yeah, so just, so, so uh, February of 2003. And then by the time I kind of finally got through all everything, it was September 6th. I want it to be September 11th, 2003. So there was several months. And uh, although it was a long journey, it, I, I, that wasn't my path. So okay. for folks that have gone through that, I could say my perspective on it um, for the folks that serve here and there. To me, if you've uh, enlisted uh, or you become an officer or whatever, and you're a, you're a non-citizen, I do feel like this is something, there's no questions asked. So I agree with you. I just, to me, you're willing to stand up and be less than, goodness, a quarter of a percent uh, of our United States and, you know, to really say, Hey, I, you know, even though I don't know you and everyone over here, I'm willing to put my life on the line for you. And to me, to offer that to that person, uh, I, I feel pretty passionately about, you know, about supporting. There's no question for me. Um, I, I'm, my, it wasn't my journey, but I'm glad to kind of go. I, advocacy would be, I, I'd be with you on that. Uh, I haven't seen that series. Um, you know, and I, yes, Netflix is always, uh, I, don't, I don't know if Netflix is always true, but I do, I do feel that, you know, there, it's, there's so many folks that, you know, we have 360 million maybe in the United States. I could be off. Uh, so I don't know that, let's say somewhere between 330 and 360, I don't know the exact amount. And the percentage that serve is, I think, less than 3 million in total, all the reserve and active duty. So, um, and then you're raising your hand and going, hey, I, I want to serve this country, even though I'm not a citizen of it yet. It's powerful for me to go. Yeah, there's you know, you've gotten through basic. You've gotten through technical school. You're out there. And if something comes up and we got to go to Afghanistan, Iraq, um, something going on to support a country in need in South America or in India, you're willing to do that. And there's no questions asked. And, and it's like uh, there's no pause for me. It's. Absolutely. Thank you. 
you know, I hundred I hundred percent agree with you. I think you should get your DD two fourteen at your uh, citizenship swearing in ceremony the, the right. day you get out, uh, without any of that uh, bureaucratic nonsense that they that they put people yeah. through. So th- yeah. thanks for thanks for yeah. coming over the border and not uh, adding to our litter problem because I'm sure you're really really steadfast because littering is a big crime in Canada. So uh, (laughs) just don't bring us any of your beer, please. None of it. You don't want any Labatt? That's a big thing. My grandfather grandfather was a snowbird for many years. So he'd come down to Spring Hill, Florida, right near Tampa. And I'd ever, whenever I'd come to see him, it was always stocked with Canadian beer. Um, so, (laughs) So that was his big thing, you know, whatever, You'd go to, you know, go to his local Publix and, 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 uh, and stock up. But yeah, it, but yes, we, we are a bit, you litter, you know, I don't, I, I left pretty early. I do go back quite a bit cause I have family in Toronto you're, near your neck of the woods and I have family in Vancouver. So, um, I do try and come back and, and see them. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, anyways, good, yeah, good question. Sorry. I, I didn't fit into that one where the uh, citizenship came before for me. So. It's okay. Jeff, as usual, is wrong, though. The Molson's Triple X is one of the best beers <laughs> going. You can get, like, you. I think you could get, like, 20 of them for, like, $7. And we used to go, we used to run across the border in Vermont to go and get it occasionally. Uh, second of all, like, if there's ever been anyone more pro-Canada than me, I don't know who that is, even though I haven't spent enough time there. But Three of my top five destinations are in Canada. My okay. favorite band is Great Big C out of Newfoundland. My okay. favorite TV shows are Psych and Supernatural, both formed in, both filmed in Vancouver. And my favorite right. sport is curling. So I am essentially a Canadian without the actual citizenship. Curling or politeness. Yeah, curling sounds, it sounds like it's more involved with curling. But it, it just, you know, when you it's, look at it, you go, what is this? Oh, this is this is something everyone can get behind. So yeah, I, I mean, it's no a sport. Intended. It's a sport played on ice that encourages drinking while you play it. There's nothing not to like about curling. And I, I did yeah. watch because uh, I was looking recently. They had the world championships of curling and it was in Alberta. And I yeah. actually put into my search engine, how long will it take me to drive to Alberta? And the answer was a lot longer than I was willing to drive considering the event was televised and it was closed because of uh, coronavirus. But Alberta, oh. one of the many places I would like to go. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful place. It's, it's a really big place. There's lots to see, uh, you know, and I, I pretty much grew up in Vancouver. Um, that's where my folks met. And I still have my, my grandparents are still, uh, well, my father's side are in Vancouver and then on my mother's side in Toronto. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful place. The weather can be dreary at times. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, Whistler's not too far away. If you know Vancouver and it's a beautiful place during the summer to walk around, or if you're into, you know, snowboarding or skiing. So, um, I haven't been able to go back right now cause I'm overseas, but, uh, yeah. And, so. and you have not lived, listen to me, Jeff, you have not lived <laughs> until you celebrated Canada Day with people from Newfoundland. I'm telling you, <laughs> top five thing you can ever do in your entire life. Party on Canada with Newfies. They are amazing people. Spectacular. 
Uh, I, and I, one last thing is that um, when you talk about Canada, most people don't like uh, one of the very first Medal of Honor recipients I ever met was a gentleman named Pete Lemon, who was actually okay. a Canadian citizen when he earned the Medal of Honor. And in looking through the roles of Medal of Honor recipients, there's quite a few actually from Canada. So there's a big tradition of uh, Canadian military. Service. But uh, so what is it you do now? What, what, so, what? so great question. So currently I'm the assistant chief of fire operations here uh, in RF Crowton, which is for the Air Force, uh, one of the bases here. Um, and I'm also in the reserve still attached to a unit in Charleston. And yeah, so that's, but I, over here in my capacity as a civilian, uh, yeah, it's, I'm an assistant chief of fire operations. So I've got about 45 uh, British firefighters uh, on a rotating schedule um, that I, yeah, that I manage and operate with. And, and yeah, so I lucky to serve them and uh, serve the community. And it's been great. I did a different job for three years before I went to operations. I was the fire prevention chief. So I had a team of fire inspectors and we inspected sites uh, that we had facilities, uh, Air Force and other others uh, across the UK. And uh, yeah, so to me, when the opportunity to come overseas came up, um, my wife and I kind of talked about it and uh, was like, wow, this is great. You know, uh, this is back in 17. And uh, she she's like, all right, I'm going to put my professional career on hold because this is, Hey, this is us going overseas, you know, maybe seeing Europe, maybe, you know, having our child or uh, our oldest one at see these places uh, that we might dream of doing when we retire. So it was just, it was an awesome opportunity. Um, and yeah, so as to be able to do that and continue to stay in the military, however, I had to, uh, <laughs> for the coast guard, I had to just, uh, to get involved in the Naval War College. So I had to uh, do academics for the first two years uh, towards a master's degree. And then a buddy of mine reached out to me and said, do you want to go back in the Air Force Reserve? Because he knew I wanted to all along. And he said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to help you. Um, and anyway, so I was like, all right, let me think about this. And uh, yeah, and it just kind of, yeah. So after serving eight years in the Coast Guard, uh, I kind of changed again and came back and became a loggy, a logistics officer attached to an aerial port squadron they call Port Dog uh, in the Air Force Reserve. So um, that just, yeah. So I've enjoyed bouncing around. I always tell young folks, I guess I'm no longer that, uh, that, uh, you know, the great, great thing about the military is, you know, you get this amazing training, but you can do different things. You know, I started as a firefighter, did that for five, six years in the reserves, became a medic deployed, got to go to Israel as well. Um, and then I was like, man, I really, you know, I'm meeting some officers. Some are good. A lot are bad. Uh, but I really wanted to serve at the next level. And I was challenged when I was deployed. And that really pushed me um, to go, you know, what? I'm really going to pursue this. I think I could lead at the next level. And uh, the Coast Guard picked me up. And it's been, uh, yeah, so, and I did that for a while. And then obviously now I'm back, back in the blue. So. Well, I, gra I graduated from a military college there in Charleston, and um, okay, sit it down. Was yeah, yeah, and that's the wow. last time Beautiful. I will ever go south in the summer unless I'm absolutely forced to. So I would rather I would rather be in Vancouver. But all right, <laughs> we will take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back with Marlon in just a second. Elite, elite. Hundred Miles for Hope is back, and we're taking it to the next level. 
This year you could choose over 40 different activities and track your progress on a handy mobile app. We have sweet swag to commemorate your journey, including tech shirts, baseball caps, hoodies, pins, patches, and challenge coins. All proceeds from these purchases support veterans and military families through the Veterans and Children Foundation. Head to legion.org slash 100 miles to get started. All right, we are joined again by Marlon Smith. And he, so where is it? You're currently in England. Yes, I'm in Oxford. If you know Oxford. University of oh, Oxford, yeah. I am in Oxford. My wife, when we looked at this location, um, my wife got her art, she got her, uh, um, bachelor's degree in art history. And if you know Oxford, it's beautiful. There's a lot of history, culture, amazing museums. So the base I was working at was she, she immediately looked at the base. And this is, I don't know if we've had spouses do this and go, oh, I want to live there. Uh, I, I, no offense to the military community, but I really want to be part of the community. And I think that's important for folks that do go overseas to really embed yourself with that community. Uh, as long as it's safe to do so, there's no OPSEC, you know, stuff going on there, um, you know, really to kind of delve into that culture. Uh, so for us, we're just about 25 minutes away from the main city center where the University of Oxford is, uh, which is amazing. Uh, the train station, which could take you into London or lots of parts through the UK. Uh, and it's not too far from my work. So that is where I'm at is Oxford, England. Um, well, as an infantry guy, your, your choices are somewhat more limited. It's Fort Bragg, <laughs> nah, Fort Benning, nah, Fort Polk, nah. Yeah. Afghanistan, yeah, I'll take that one. Well, nice. yeah. Sorry. So, Sorry. You're up, Ashley. Go. Okay, so I just have to start here. So my three favorite comedies that are Canadian-made in this order, Trailer Park Boys, Supernatural, Letterkenny. About strange brew, no strange brew. Let's let's let her not Are you kidding yeah. me? Her, her parents were in middle school when strange brew came out. <laughs> the actors that have come from that. Uh, well, I'll give you a trailer park boys. I get a lot of British people that come up to me with that when they find out I'm Canadian yeah. and they start sending me clips of bubbles. It's just it's bubbles, <laughs> bubbles, bubbles. And then I start watching, and I start laughing again. Yeah, bubbles is one of the characters. You'll have to actually have to you'll have to shed this to Jeff so he can. Be uh, especially yeah. cat. I will bestow like the cat. culture of Trailer Park Boys, Jeff, That's, to you. That is my gift to yes, you. Is, there you go. You, you start with South Park, and then somehow folks there that are meeting. That's where I find transition. They make the transition. anybody. Not juvenile enough. Wait, wait, wait. We've been on South Park for too long, and then we just kind of wow. We go into that. And you guys, the darling of the award season was Schitt's Creek. That's Canadian, and yeah. none That's of you brought one. that up. None no, of is really good. It's too high end. You know, I don't know. How to <laughs> it has production value. We don't. We don't, we don't like that production value. Yeah. You know, usually, usually we have uh, music that we start off with. These. I, I'm gonna see if Super Producer Holly can do the Blame Canada song from. The oh my South goodness! Park, oh, I used to get that all the time. All the sure. time. Genius. It was that would be that, that could wait for this segue. That would be like as you intro this. You know, like here we go. Yeah, you know, what are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, they they cut the way. If you remember that cartoon, the way they cut the cartoon that was Canadian, different from everything. Yeah, because only the bottom jaw moves on the Canadians. I always thought that was hilarious. All right, we're robbing Ashley of her. Oh no, oh, no, this is great. This that, is fantastic. Um, I had to, of course, like put in my my movies because Mark had to like put his top three in. Yes. So I had to nerd it up. Um, 
so I saw that, you know, you have obviously you're, you're doing a lot of different events and you're volunteering and right. I just wanted to see like what are, what causes are like important to you? What are some of the things you're involved with? You know, you're a member of American Legion Post 184 in Georgia. You know, tell us about some of the stuff that you've done uh, within the community and some of the things you're passionate about. So uh, thanks, Ashley. I appreciate that one. Um, so again, uh, so get back from to get from back from my deployment, and I, I don't know what everyone else's experiences was and other vets, but for me, I recognized when you're deployed, it's like nonstop. You're just you're involved with stuff and you're used to it. You're just like, all right, we're PTN, we got a mission. I had Aerovac missions coming in, and as an NCO, I was just getting after it, and I and I. I loved it. But when I came back, even as a firefighter, I was struggling. I was just struggling to stay connected. Uh, and I had a different perspective when I interacted with folks. Um, and it, I wasn't trying to be cold or anything. I just didn't feel like I could kind of share some of the experiences. And at that point, I was almost, I'd been in maybe eight, nine years, um, been overseas twice. And so my command chief, uh, Chief Irvin, I'm going to do a shout out to her. She's retired now. And she, I was telling her, just, yeah, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And she's like, I'm sponsoring you. Tell me where you live. I was like, for what? She's like the American Legion. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, everyone there is kind of older than me, you know, like a lot older than me, like 30 years older than me. And I had this, like, it was just the way that I approached it actually was just kind of very judgmental. And it was just not really, I'm going to, so I'll, I'll go, you know, I go. And I was just, it was just being around. Yes. The folks were older than me. A lot of them were smoking. That was still permitted in Georgia in the American Legion, you know. Uh, so I was like, I, I, I'll wait till the smokers leave and then I'll hang out and then talk to folks from Korea, you know, World War II, Vietnam. And so talking kind of segue into this, I would volunteer up there. Uh, a lot of them weren't really computer savvy. So I was like, hey, can you work on the roster? OK, let me break away from the fire department. I'll work on the roster. We need to update the listing. All right. This person hasn't paid, but he, you know, he's 86. So he probably needs the hand delivered mail instead of the email. Um, little things like that. Karaoke night. We sponsor karaoke night. They come up there 80 years old, just killing it, you know, doing some Elvis. So what's get your go-to song? What's your go-to oh, song? Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh I, I love I'd it. I do love karaoke. So uh, for me, um, goodness, I've got a couple. Uh, I, I definitely go with stuff that's easy. So I go by the a wild thing by the Trogs. That's an easy one to sing. Uh, you really can't mess it up too much. If you're, you know, uh, if you really want to get someone to feel something, occasionally I'll do James Taylor, Fire and Rain, and then okay. uh, make them all make them all cry, Tears in Heaven, Eric Clapton. So wow. yeah, so I do like to karaoke. You got me there. So, See, but, so I, I had to, I had to put you in a hot seat. I know my go-to is Bohemian Rhapsody. I can hit those oh, notes. That's beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're on the next level. I mentioned the trog. <laughs> There's like 12 words in that song. So, and they're repeated. So it's, I volunteered up there a lot when I came back from the deployment. I was, a, I've been a volunteer firefighter off and on for, ooh, since I became a firefighter. When I got back from fire school, um, from tech school, from the air force, you know, I was trying to get a city job right away. And they're like, all right, you know, I know you want to do it. We just did a big hiring in Savannah Fire. So go join the local volunteer department. And that's what I did. I uh, joined Southside Fire, which is now Chatham EMS. And it was great. You know, it was just, you know, started getting going on calls. I had a lot of certifications from the military because I was in the reserves. And so, so 
yes, I, I've been doing that on and off since about 04, uh, 04, 05. And then, um, and then still serving as a federal firefighter, still being a volunteer firefighter. And then whenever I had time, I was helping out with the Legion. My wife wasn't loving all of this, but it was helping my health, mental health post-deployment big time because I, I needed to stay busy. And that was kind of, and if I felt like I was say doing good, if I was communicating or sorry, let me rephrase that. If I was engaging with other vets, I was getting something out of it. Even if the folks, no matter what, you know, if they were, uh, um, you know, Marines, Navy, whatever it was that came in a legion, occasionally we get someone that had an agent orange case or, or some kind of case and we'd help out. We couldn't, you know, maybe filing a little bit and then send them to Charleston or help out with that. We had lots of parades. So there was always events going on. Our legion's pretty busy. Um, a lot of bingo nights, doing lots of bingo, fish fry, turkey shoot, you know, uh, George has got a lot going on to raise money uh, for the community. So it was pretty cool. I didn't realize how active the Legion was. So uh, so volunteering with the Legion, getting involved with that. Um, I tried to go to all of our ceremonies in case I talk about my journey, which I'm discussing with you, you guys about, um, you know, becoming a citizen, feeling that after 9-11 came like, I really want to become a citizen. I really want to join. Um, so I would share that. And then being a fireman as well, um, volunteer firefighting. And then I did a lot of stuff with the, we did a lot of stuff with children that might get lost. So we do fingerprinting and registering. I don't know how it is in the Northeast. I'm sure it's probably similar and on the West coast, but just in case kids got lost to easily identify them. So, so yeah, that's kind of what, you know, the, uh, that's kind of where my time was devoted and things that I'm passionate about. So um, hopefully that answered your question. No, thank you for sharing. You are just the gamut of things. You definitely stay busy. There's no arguing there. Yeah, yeah. And your karaoke songs are, they're okay. I like them. Yeah, I love it. yeah you allow it. Good, good. <laughs> occasionally, the boss. occasionally Bruce Springsteen comes out to the folks here that are fans of the boss, hopefully. Um, so um, yeah, nothing too current. You know, well, you're definitely in boss mode. I will say that you are very accomplished. You're well-rounded. You're giving back to the community. You're also a Legion member, which is pretty sweet. Cause I know we have several Legion posts in the UK, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm just really impressed. I am really impressed. I'm so happy you're sharing your story with us today. Well, thank you. I, again, I want to kind of deflect and go, I really feel like if, depending on where you are in your life, for me, the military has really helped me. And, you know, I appreciate you saying that, but it was kind of, I, I felt like there was a lot of things on the surface that I wanted to do. And it, when mm -hmm. I talk about, you know, as much as 9-11 gave me this, hey, this really pushed me. But since then, it was like, all right, awesome. I can now, I can, you know, jump in and get involved in different things. And it, yeah, and it, it's worked out. There's been challenges. I've had challenging supervisors and NCOs. That I've had to navigate and officers. Um, but purpose is, you know, the firefighting, you know, being a firefighter, serving the military, having that purpose to wake up with it. And um, yeah, so thanks for saying that. But again, it, it's been, it's really been awesome. 18 years in September. So um, wow. the one other thing I do do, uh, so I, so I own a small little real, uh, I own some properties in Georgia. Uh, I started doing that after I got back from my deployment as well. And I do talk to veterans and try and help them about just dealing, just teaching them about that, just 
real estate, uh, business, finances. So if I get young airmen or soldiers or Marines, it's something like, hey, you know, TSP, you know, max it out. But also, depending where you are, you know, what are your options? The market's crazy right now. But yes. prior to the inventory being what it was that it is currently, um, there was such an opportunity. So I got back from my deployment and I started buying properties, but the prices were just 20,000, 30,000 for a house. So it was just, yeah. So I, yeah, so that was something else. And I've tried to kind of give back again to other folks that, Hey, you know, firefighters, military members, cause I, I just think, Hey, I appreciate all that they do. And if they can, sometimes their pensions aren't that big and it's like, Hey, maybe a little something else. You know what I mean? Um, so anyways, that's, that's the other thing I'd say that is passionate for me. All right, you know, Jeff, you're I, up. Well, oh, no, I, well, no, no, <laughs> because uh, Marlon here is joining you two degenerates because he went beyond his question into my question before I could ask it. Are you trying to now add to your job yes. list and be a host on this show? <laughs> I was going to ask you about real estate. Sorry. Unbelievable. So now I, while I, I, while I figure out. Let's go back. No, 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 no. no. While I figure out what I'm going to ask, I'm going to say, of course, Ashley picks that uh, karaoke song because it's a half hour long song and she gets to be up there for that long. Uh, That's just whatever. And if you are ever in Los Angeles, I have a post here where you can find people of all ages and all eras that you can come talk to. You can talk to your, I think we still have some do we still have any World War Twos? We might have we might have one or two WW twos all the way to post 9-11. We have more post 9-11 than we have Vietnam at our post. So our karaoke is your audience is gonna skew a little younger. So um you 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 might have to you might have to, I don't know. I'm going to Savannah then, then. Huh? Savannah. Then I'm gonna to go to Savannah for the because I I'm with him on the trogs and you know, I, I would have gone with Oye Como Va, even though I don't speak Spanish. I think that would be fun. Well, you could have done your Mongolian metal. Bamba, you could do a little La Bamba, Mark. Bamba, yeah. Don't hold out. Don't hold out. Richie Valens, come we'll on. Do some, we'll do some Rush in honor of the oh, Rush. I, I was yes, yes. I was waiting. I was like, okay, he's already brought up Canada. Anyways, well, because I'm living in the limelight. But all right, all right, go, Jeff. Yeah, but I didn't. I mean, I'm I didn't, trying to. I'm gonna. I only hit the surface on the real estate. So if you want to pick it up, I'm passionate about it. So I can talk more about how I, I got mean, into my, that. And what. I, my feelings are a little bit hurt, and now houses and actually even just doorknobs are going to trigger me for the rest of my life. I'll walk up to a door and like I can't walk through it because. <laughs> but uh, so this real estate stuff, it, you. You specifically mentioned in my writing here for my question that uh, you you work with with veterans. Does does that work cross over into the Legion? Are you are you is the Legion helping or hurting or not Not yet? yet. I, I think there's opportunities. I think folks I mean, if anyone listens to this and they're involved in real estate, maybe, you know, it's you. Best example I have, you know, when I went to tech school, I'm, these kids got their first paycheck, right? And what do they do? They go off base and get a car for 25% interest rate. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh my gosh, no, get the Dodge Neon that like w- when the wind blows, it rattles. Like just, you know, save your money, max your TSP or put it aside. So for me, for me, like money and kind of balancing and understanding it, I've always felt like I've had a decent understanding of it. 
real estate was unique. I knew I was interested. Uh, when I was at tech school, I was renting my house up. I was making more money renting my townhome <laughs> while I was at basic and tech school. And I kind of, that was my earliest taste. Cause I was like, all right, Hey, you know, all right, he, this guy's staying in my bedroom. This other guy's staying in the other room. He's like, Oh, my friend wants to stay over. I'm like, all right, well, you're going to have to pay this. And I was like, I'm, then I'm getting my first A1C, my first E3 check. And then I get my rent from the guy staying there. I'm like, I love my country, but man, the real estate, the real estate spanned me twice. But again, I, I love serving. So I didn't, I, I continue to do it, but not aggressively. So I get back from uh, this deployment in 2011. I'm telling you, I'm, I need to find something, I'd say, for my soul. The Legion is kind of answering that. But real estate is just like, there's just so much and not a lot of folks had liquidity. And I've been saving while I was deployed. You know, I put a lot aside, again, talking about the importance of that. And now it's like, well, the rates are still ridiculously low and they were selling houses, you know, for about 30,000, you know, and if you're in California, me telling you this is probably just like, because my mom's in California still. So uh, in Santa Barbara uh, and my dad's in Marine Del Rey. So, you know, to, to kind of go, hey, I can get a three bedroom, two bath house for $32,000. And I'm thinking to myself, that's like a car note. So it was my first experience. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get people to help me contract. Oh my goodness. So I, I hire some folks to help me with the project, friends of friends. I have fights that break out on the uh, on the project and I'm like, ah. but the first one was the roughest. We went over budget, but I learned so much and I kind of took my military and kind of was like, all right, I, now I'm going to approach it this way. I'm going to put an offer down. I'm going to work with the banks, but I'm going to immediately get people to vet each aspect of the house to make sure before I jump all in, you know, and make that huge commitment. Um, that I'm not buying something and there's just a major issue like with the electrical or the air conditioning. And, and then after we did a couple, you know, now we have eight, um, you know, and, but that first, and we don't get, you know, it's like, Hey, when one that comes up or there's a good deal, but it's tough now because the market's completely inflated, but I do try and if, you know, I'll reach out to folks uh, that I know that are military members or firefighters. Um, we usually talk about the book, rich dad, poor dad, um, and that'll be kind of where we begin. And uh, yeah, and they just, hey, what questions do you have? I'll connect them with people that I know that do it, um, you know, friends or family. And yeah, and they they get they they try it out, and usually it goes all right for them. Wait, so, so you were still you were still in when you started this. So I'm assuming yeah. I don't know. Does that mean are you not? Can you use the GI Bill while you're still in, or do you have to be out? So so GI Bill. I mean, not the GI Bill, the the VA home loan. Sorry. Yeah, so I didn't use VA at all. I use You still I have haven't to this rate. day? Never. Oh, okay. So, and the reason why, again, this is going to all get too far into real estate with you. We could do a segue. But a lot of times what mortgage lenders freak out about is it takes a while for VA to close and to get all their stuff together. So if you have a good, if you've got a good credit score, do good debt to income ratio, and you're going to put maybe a little liquidity down, um, you know, depending on how good the VA loan is, you might end up just getting, you know, a regular loan. So it, it it was a matter for me of moving quickly because you're competing with other buyers. So sometimes the yes, VA doesn't help you on that. But, but zero down VA. <laughs> most people got that E1 and up financing on that car. And even after right. they get out of the military, they're right. still paying for 
that car. So the, 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 VA, the VA home loan is great for them. Yeah, so you can get it. The trick is, though, VA home loan is just that. It's supposed to be for your home loan, not for uh, – so what I'm discussing is obviously business. So you have to – you have to be careful in regards to what you're using it for. So that's another piece of it. So if it's a VA home loan, it's for a home that you occupy. Now you can leverage your home. And there's a whole other conversation with that uh, where you're going, all right, what's the value of my home? Can I, you know, loan against it? But it's important to know what you're doing. You know, what's the value right now? A lot of people probably could do that because in my opinion, um, these houses that I bought for 30,000 are three to four times supposedly valued three to four times more in six years. And I'm going, nothing's changed, but the inventory, which is just no one's building. And there's just a lot of less houses, but it's been, it's for me, I've enjoyed, I've lucky because I have people that I know that do it like aggressively do it very well. Uh, and they, they've helped me because I'm, yeah, my properties, a lot of folks that I know have 50, 60, um, now they've slowed down, but uh, that period of time from 2011 to 2014 was just was just bonkers. I, I think the best deal that was offered to me was five houses for like a hundred thousand, and I was. What? Just, oh. I, yeah, for and someone I who was moving and like moving like within the next week, like less than ten days, kind of thing. Who is also trying to buy a home right now? Who has used the, the VA home loan? I. That was the market. That was the market. It's like in rural areas in America, that was the market. And it I was just, it. and it was just, they couldn't give them away. I mean, I, I felt bad. The first one I bought, the guy didn't even show up to the closing. He was that upset and insulted. And I was just like, that's what the market. Aww. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's and hard I still. too because I, I, not to interrupt you, but like I have found right. that a lot of, you know, a lot of folks in previous generations have a lot of equity built into their homes. And then when they find out it's not appraised, at the sentimental right and all of the work or sometimes folks will put work into their home and they try to do it like Mr. Fix-It style, right? Yeah. And then it's not done properly. And I can right. say that when my time using VA home loan and when I had eventually purchased a house in Ohio, right. um, you know, you have to have someone come through and inspect and, you know, uh, even after I had put like 15 grand into my house in a year and I had to like, you know, literally I was, I had to move. I had to move for this job out in DC. and. You know, right. they came back and they appraised it only because it had been a year. But even though I had done like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars work to it, I didn't get any of that money back. Right. So you have to like manage the sentimental value versus what the VA is going to appraise for. And another program I don't know if you're familiar with that I uh, I know I personally use was Homes for Heroes, which was okay. another avenue um, that allowed us to kind of get a check back both from the realtor, from the loan agency, and if they were like using that. So that's a really cool program. Um, it's a national program, and it just depends on the realtor uh, realtor that you use. But I, right. I I would love like I wanted to rent that home out. It was in a beautiful neighborhood, brand new great school system but my hoa found out that two more houses were going up and there was a local private college and they said they shut it down they were like you cannot run this house out it was a you know three bedroom over two thousand square feet i paid over like it was like two hundred thousand dollars for it and then right. i moved out to dc dmv area and it's like eight hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars for a 1500 square foot home that isn't even updated and now i'm moving to a townhouse because I couldn't use a VA home loan right now to be competitive when 10, 11 offers were being thrown out and houses were just gone. So right. I would find this beautiful mid-century home I love and it was just in the blink of an eye. 
I didn't even not, have a chance. Yeah, I, I can't oh, talk about real estate yeah. right now. It, it's not. It's tough. What's yeah, happening it's... right now is just it. it it's yeah. It, I, I don't know of a time it, because we. I mean, folks have seen it coming. Uh, I mean, we could do a segment mm -hmm. on that for folks. <laughs> just telling. Yeah. It's tough because you look at all right. Do I rent? Do I buy? Do I want to give someone all this money to rent, or mm -hmm. do I feel like? And then I think the end of the it becomes the question becomes will will it maintain the value and, and pretty much everything i'm hearing is they're saying yes because the inventory in the building is not keeping up so right. but it doesn't help i'm going to be in the same situation when i come back to the states where i'm going to be looking at a house and i'm going to see the value of it the valuation i'm like it's going to be hard for me to swallow that and go this house was like two hundred thousand, and now you're trying to sell it to me for like 400 yeah. what have you done Oh, you've got a problem right. with what I don't I don't even need to describe this to you because I've got 10 people behind you waiting to buy this house. Right. And you're exactly. just wow, this is, this is the market. So I what I'm referring to where I, I'd say the timing worked out was just we got involved in it in 2011, where it was just, yeah, folks were trying to unload. We had I had some liquidity, I had good credit on hand. I just gotten back from my deployment. I'd saved up and I had someone who was doing it already. And I just kind of you know, um, yeah, you know, we, me and him got together and started doing it. So um, he's now made it a career. Uh, it's done very well for himself. Uh, for me, obviously, this is still my career, but I've created something where now I can leave that to my children, right? And hopefully teach them about business. Um, yeah. And it's something else just, to, you know, besides my military pension, which I'll get when I'm older because I'm reserve and then obviously the fire fire department. Well, that's fantastic. So, you are so well rounded, and I appreciate the knowledge. CV just like yeah. CV just sitting like there silent this. while we while we hey, uh, had a real estate show. I live in Indiana. Homes are <laughs> so cheap here. Like I pay. I have a what, four bedroom house, and I pay half what I paid for a studio apartment rent in Washington D.C. I yeah, was I paying fourteen hundred dollars for a studio apartment in DC. And then I moved to Indiana and it was like, make it rain. Like it's so I'm paying, cheap out here. I am paying over $3,200 for a one bedroom with an attached bath in a 10 by 10 den with a little bathroom. Uh, if I didn't have a family, I would just, I'd live in one. I'd, I would much. get one of those little mini houses and just sleep in the 200 you know, That's not a bad out. idea. Tiny homes, minimalism. It's you know, Speaking it's of that, not a bad idea. And obviously I can't, I've got the camera set up, but tonight is tent, tent night with my daughter. So I've got, after I got off this, we're going to do a little fire outside, some s'mores, and then we're doing camp out night. So in England, we're going to see how it goes. I, I love it. I did that when I was a kid. I'm so happy people do that. Oh, how my dad used to do how that. How old is your daughter? She's six. She turned seven in July. And then the other one is, yeah, 15 months. But she's, now we'll say this. Uh, the first time went great. The next two times she bailed. She's like, I'm out of here. And I'm like, no way. I said all this stuff. I'm sleeping by myself, whatever. Like you can't, I'm not, this is too much work. You got to start with the indoor fort in like the living room. You got to take all the cushions uh, off. You got to set the sheets up. You got to lace some lights. My dad used to pull out the, um, the Christmas lights and he used to lace it all around. No, no, no. And we'd watch a movie. no this is. So, I mean, I've got, I got a tarp underneath tarp on top. I've got, you know, it's, it's, it's enough, for, you know, got a little string for her light. I got these mats that are, you know, blow up mats are supposed to make it nice. I got like, she's got three sets of mats, but there's gotta be some element of roughing it. 
You know what I mean? So <laughs> glamping. Um, but, glamping. <laughs> well, yeah, glamping. Hardcore far, glamping. I'm an infantryman. Just, tents make you weak. Tents, <laughs> tents just, just soft. <laughs> Says the infantryman. Cool. <laughs> did, did, did you have any final thoughts there, Jeff? Or were you done? No, I no, because oh, I'm right. never ever going to be able to buy a house in Los Angeles. So no, you probably yeah, no thoughts. All right, Marlon. Well, thank you yep. very much for joining us. We appreciate you taking time out of your day. And for everybody else, we'll see you after the commercial break. Thank you again. So you were discharged with a 20% disability rating, but now you can't hear so well and need help. Contact an American Legion service officer. Service officers are free of charge and they help all veterans. Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers. All right, so we have completed our interview with Marlon Smith and Ashley, as usual, we will start with you. So Marlon is just the gamut of all things. Very impressive. I'm so happy that we got to listen to his journey from, you know, his pursuit of U.S. citizenship to his journey in the military, how it is continuously, you know, given him that drive and purpose, which I think a lot of our listeners can relate to once joining the military and then continuing forward with those skills and training and opportunities therefore and um just a really well-rounded guy and i was just so happy to hear just again from from real estate to military to all the things that he does right it's just it's refreshing and i loved it jeff i mean it's cool he's making the queen proud from Can- oh wait no he became american citizen uh no more no more worship no more uh following the queen. He was, he was super impressive. He was, uh, and he's done so many things in so many branches that uh, it's, it's, I've said this about a couple of our guests that his life could be turned into a movie. And I say that because, you know, where I'm at, but I, that's how I kind of see things. And his story is, uh, is, is kind of big enough for the big screen, I, I feel like. And so it's it's a, it's fortunate that we were able to share that story with the world of however many people our world consists of. My, my life is not set for the big screen, not in any way, shape or form. Mine is very, very small screen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, he obviously has a good sense of humor about uh, Canada, which is good because Canadians are the most fun to pick fun at usually. Uh, I do think it's funny that his mom lives in Santa Barbara when Santa Barbara from Psych is filmed in Vancouver. I think that's because I keep telling uh, my wife, I, you know, I really want to go and see where Psych's filmed. She's like, well, that's Vancouver. Like, do you want to go to Santa Barbara? Because my wife actually went to college in Santa Barbara, but we have not made it back yet. In fact, my uh, experience in California so far is I went to L.A. once. No, I went to L.A. twice and Sacramento and Barstow. Those are the only places I've ever been. And yeah, Barstow, not one of the highlights on the California tour. Sacramento, I actually like Sacramento State. Very nice place. But that's neither here nor there. I'm hoping to make it to Vancouver at some point, And I will encourage everyone in Vancouver that I meet to come and join the Coast Guard, the Air Force Reserve and... Actually, we need some Space Force Canadians. So, all right. Remember to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
While you're there, rate and review us, preferably five stars. And if you want to send us feedback, you can comment at YouTube or Facebook, or you can send us an email at tangoalphalima at legion.org. And if you have people out there that you think would make a great guest, by all means, send us an email and we'll see if we can't hook that up. Everybody else, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye there, eh? Hey. Hey.